I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Happy Physical Therapy Month and welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear and today we welcome back to the Live Better Longer podcast, Fox Physical Therapist, speaking of Physical Therapy Month, Alex Germano. Welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me back. Your, your family is bigger now since you last joined us. Yes, we have made, uh, we have an addition to the family. His name is Emerson. We love him to death. So, uh, How is it? Uh, motherhood is amazing. It's challenging and I can't wait to see how it works with work. Um, really grateful I work for Fox because it's uh, <laughs> super flexible. So I'm I'm looking forward to get back out there treating people, but uh, enjoying the last month of my maternity leave. I have all the faith in you. Like if you <laughs> if you say you can do something, I believe it. Thank you. I need if, the, if I, I say I if support. I say I could do something, I don't know if I would believe it. Because <laughs> I once again, you have to follow Alex on Instagram at Agent Ninety Two. You were you were going hard during your pregnancy. I was. I was very active during pregnancy, which actually made everything a lot easier and like my job a lot easier because it's we you know we have pretty physical jobs. And now postpartum, getting back into fitness, which is really fun. So you you can follow all of this action at Agent Ninety Two, <laughs> a must follow on Instagram. Thank you. And some really good older adult content. That oh my I'm gosh! Still yes. Creating despite my my um. Despite my maternity leave. <laughs> like staying in shape, older adult content, it's all there at Agent 92. All right. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about stretching in older adults. The question is, is stretching worth it? Now, you wrote an article for our website, foxrehab.org, under the tab Fresh Fox Content. You can supplement the article with this podcast or vice versa, but I was fascinated by this topic because when you think of stretching, you're like, oh yeah, like th that's a good thing. It's going to make you stronger, but not necessarily, right? Yeah. L let's I get into a, it. A little bit of a contentious um, intervention, right? So my, my first question is, as part of the aging process, what changes can happen in regards to our flexibility? Okay. As with most things with age, unfortunately, as we get older, we do have an increase in muscular stiffness. We have stiffness of um, joint capsules, muscle tendon complexes, and other connective tissues. And what's really happening is we're losing a lot of water content and tensile strength in these structures, which results into to less flexibility and increase in stiffness. Alongside this, we're also getting quite a bit of muscle loss, or I mean, uh, muscle strength loss as well. So that can also contribute a bit to the stiffness um, conundrum as well. So. so it's just part of nature. Unfortunately, yes. Even in healthy, active, older adults, you're going to see tendon 
muscular tendon ligament changes. So you're seeing uh, even in the healthiest and most active people. Can we prevent it? I or, don't or think- <laughs> slow it down some. I would say absolutely, right? Like if you engaged in like some type of flexibility training before or like as the, as you've aged, I mm -hmm. can't say before getting older because we're all just getting older. Um, <laughs> if you're engaging in that stuff, again, use it or lose it is a big principle of um, exercise and exercise intervention. So if you have a lot of flexibility due to whatever exercise you're engaging in as you get older, like you should be able to maintain a lot more than somebody who isn't engaging in those end ranges of mo motion, you know? So I do think there's uh, some value to stretching throughout the lifespan. I think of it as a pair of shorts. I've had shorts where I put in the closet and I haven't touched for a year or two. And when I put them on again, the elastic is just done. Mm -hmm. But then I have shorts that I've probably worn for the last 20 years and they're perfectly fine because I'm stretching them and using them every day. Yeah, we uh, in the, the therapy world, you see that very often with TheraBands. If you're not using the TheraBands very often, they get really yes, um, firm yes. and tight. And then you go to use them one time and they like snap. <laughs> yes. So think think of those shorts and those TheraBands <laughs> as your body. Keep stretching. All right. So when I think of stretching, I automatically think of it as something that can strengthen you. But evidence is mixed. Mm-hmm. When looking yeah. at a stretching regimen. That's so true. So it doesn't necessarily make us stronger? No, I would say that stretching probably isn't an intervention that increases muscle strength. And that's because we're not really overloading the muscle with weights or other type of resistance. So stretching can make us more flexible and it can introduce us to new ranges of motion, which kind of starts the strengthening process. But to really get stronger in the ranges of motion that you achieve with flexibility um, exercises, you actually need to do some strength training. And the problem with a lot of this research with stretching in particular is that there's many different avenues one can go down to stretch or to engage in like um, stretching with our clients or our patients, right? We can do, people can foam roll for stretching. Um, we can do manual therapy or manual techniques, right? Like I can massage and use soft tissue mobilizations or joint mobilizations to improve range of motion. Um, somebody can statically stretch, right? Just sit and reach for your toes for a while or do some type of dynamic stretching. And so that's what makes the research a little tough to interpret is that there's so many different types of interventions and styles of stretching. But most of the evidence for the older adult is seeing that stretching is not really that, like the evidence is not very strong for stretching. It's what we call like level C evidence, um, which is not some of the strongest evidence that we can get in terms of like systematic reviews, et cetera. So we're not seeing very strong evidence for stretching for the older adult. However, to me, it's still to recommended. Me, this, is, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> it is. It's kind of interesting. And I think really what it comes down to is like a priority, right? I, stretching feels great and is great, but it might not be giving our patients like really the most bang for their buck, right? Like, and that's kind of where this argument starts with stretching. It's like, I don't really think it's worth it, especially as a clinician during my time with the patient to sit and watch them do a static stretch for like five minutes. Because apparently you know? it doesn't always lead to improved function. Oh, that is totally true. And I think that's really important. So yes, I could stretch someone's arm out forever, right? We could stretch... <laughs> And all of a sudden they can reach above their head and that's awesome. 
that they can now reach above their head. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to lift the crock pot from the kitchen counter above your head into the kitchen cabinet. And that's because, again, we didn't strengthen that new range of motion that we established. So that's why I think these, these things go hand in hand. Yes, we can kind of work on improving range of motion, but the strengthening component needs to be right alongside of it in order to see the long-term changes that we're looking for in, ter- um, in range of motion. So if I want that range of motion to stick around, I got to make sure that shoulder is really strong yes. and can move through that whole range of motion with a lot of weight. So that one, it becomes functional for that person. So they can actually do things with that cool new range of motion they've established. And two, so it sticks around for longer. And we should also say that crock pots should usually be on the bottom shelf. I think that's actually, uh, in reflection, that's a terrible example. But I do <laughs> no, have a I lot got of- it. I got it. But I just didn't want people to be like, you know what? I'm going to like, I'm inspired now to put my crock pot on the top shelf. I see maybe more of my patients putting like very decorative, like larger dishes, like up high that they, cause they don't access them very often. So they're putting stuff that's heavy up there. Maybe just like dishes, like heavier dishes is what I'm thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex, how should we view stretching? Is it more of a side dish than a main dish? Speaking of dishes. I think that's how I would uh, describe it. My main dish is always going to be strengthening because strengthening is strength and loss of strength is one of the major contributors to loss of function in older adults. And so we need to really attack the strengthening component, especially working in the patient population that we're working with. So I like stretching as probably a component of a program. I know that older adults, like especially older adults, they love it, right? They're just like waiting for that nice juicy stretch Mm -hmm. during the session. And if somebody really likes it, I'm going to probably put it in my plan of care a bit for them and try to wean them off of that in order to kind of remain a really skilled clinician. And I don't want them, I don't need to watch someone do a hamstring stretch. So I I can maybe use it a little bit as my side dish. But honestly, what I think is more important is that I'm using exercises that try to go through full range of motion, strengthening exercises that I try to use the full range of motion. So exercises that give multiple benefits. Absolutely. Yes, you've totally nailed it. So like, for example, a squat, right? A squat, you're really bending your knees quite a bit. You're bending your, your hips are bending in a quite a bit of a range of motion. You're really like pulling down um, into the bottom of what your ankles can do. So those, that exercise I perceive as it's a great strengthener, but it's also going to stretch across multiple joints. So I'm kind of getting a two for one benefit there. Are there other type of stretches that do that? Like looking for other ways to compensate for Mm -hmm. range of motion loss? Yeah, I really like, um, for example, maybe like deadlifts as well. So like leaning over and bending forward, that can elicit a really good stretch along the backside of the body. So instead of maybe the static hamstring stretch that's sitting, I like to do deadlifts, um, shoulder presses for anything above the head as well. And like you said, you kind of mentioned that like compensation for range of motion loss, but like there's some people that you're just maybe not going to get all of that range of motion back, right? Like you might need to lean into some sort of compensatory techniques. Like I might need to maybe assess someone's shoe wear better if they have a loss of ankle range of motion and they can't clear their foot anymore when they walk and they keep tripping on the back of that heel. I might need to find like a shoe that's you know, has a smaller heel to it. And they, they, that thick new balance is probably not the best shoe for them if they can't lift their foot up and clear their heel right. to hit the ground first. 
So there's, there's just such a balance, right? It's so patient. Um, it's so individual to the patient. Like if stretching is going to be worth it for that person or not. Yeah. What are the benefits of a stretching regimen? I think the, the, probably the biggest benefit, it's just gonna, you're going to be able to explore your environment and your life in a more full capacity, right? Like I see a lot of older adults without the shoulder range of motion anymore to reach for high things in their cabinet. So they start to like put everything on the lower shelves and they can't reach or access things up high anymore, or they can't bend over all the way to reach for something on the floor or get on and off the floor. So I think that yes, like it could help in mitigating some of the losses of these things, right? That, that involve us using our full range of motion. However, I think if you're also not strength training on top of it, somebody can be as flexible as all get out and be able to move in these ways, but still not be able to like, for instance, get off the floor because they're not strong enough to. So when, when should patients stretch Mm -hmm. in in between sessions? Yeah. I, you know what? I think as a skilled provider, we're always looking to make sure that the interventions that we bring to our patients are very skillful. So if somebody really likes to stretch and I think that maybe stretching would benefit them, I try to teach it to them in a session or two, but honestly, in between sessions is great. It's probably more activity than they were doing at, at baseline. And that could be really meaningful for them in between sessions. It's something really simple to do. They don't need my oversight on it and it might make them feel better. So I think in between sessions is just fine. I mean, like the um, ACSM or like the American College of Sports Medicine guidelines recommend it like at least two days a week. They're still recommending stretching. Yeah. So I would say that that's fair across multiple joints. But if you're flexible, does that Mm -hmm. help you out with strength training exercises? I would say you probably don't need to engage too much in flexibility exercises if you have decent range of motion. I would just try to use strength exercises that take you through that full range of motion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about uh, just extra stretching on top of it. I think the strength training component is far more important and worth our time and effort. Interesting. Yeah. That's why I, I always love your articles because they're different. Thank you. Because I was yeah. like, all right, stretching in older adults, we're going to find out like how you stretch. And I'm like, whoa. So you're saying it's, it's not necessarily beneficial? No, I don't. And it's because you're getting a lot of these changes that, again, that are happening in totally healthy older adults, right? A lot of these changes we can't entirely fight. We can't tell our tendons to lose less water. Like it is just what's happening. And a lot of people are engaging in a ton of sedentary behavior outside of therapy time or like in their daily life. So if I just sit there and stretch with somebody for two minutes, that's not going to really combat the other 23 hours of their day they're sitting in their recliner. And so that I would rather do something to make them stronger during those two minutes than maybe increasing their range of motion by a a few degrees. That's not as meaningful to them as it is to be able to pick up the kitty litter off the floor to clean it. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, so I think a lot more function over um, just as like kind of concrete measurements of, oh, yeah, I increased their range of motion, their knee range of motion by two degrees today. Like that's not not worth it. It totally makes sense after I read the article (laughs) and after I spoke with you. And that's probably why our mantra is be stronger, live better, longer, not be flexible, live better, longer. Absolutely. And the thing, the beautiful thing about getting about stretching is like you can do that while you're getting stronger. So I just think for everyone's time and, you know, benefit of their time, just pick exercises that make you move through a full range of motion and load those up. If I I was a clinician, which I'm not. 
if I had a patient doing a squat, I'd be saying, oh, look, you're stretching. There's your yeah. stretch. You're doing your stretching right now. <laughs> For sure. And like, I just think about like layering things together. Like I have patients very frequently, you know, in a doorway, walking themselves all the way down the door into that deep squat and working on the stretch. And then later in that session, I might be doing sit to stands, which isn't as deep of a squat, but with a kettlebell so that they're getting stronger and working kind of on both things. So just think about how you can like layer it into other exercises. I think that's far more important. So once again, if you would like to read the article, just go to foxrehab.org, click on the Fresh Fox Content tab, and uh, the article will be there, written by Alex Germano. Do you have yeah. a, a few more minutes? Yes. I, I have I have an idea for a new segment, and you can say no <laughs> if you're not into it. Okay. All Sounds right, good. so we'll try it. <laughs> more with Alex Germano next on the Live Better Longer podcast. All right, so while we take a quick water break, and as I'm drinking water, Alex is probably doing kettlebell squats while simultaneously deadlifting 350 pounds. I don't know if she is, I'm just, I'm just speculating right now. But as we take a break, as I said at the top of this episode, it is physical therapy month. And across all of Fox Rehabilitation's social media channels, we will be celebrating our PTs all month long. A lot of great physical therapy content. And specifically, we will be highlighting three Fox clinicians each week throughout the month, in addition to all the other physical therapy content. And then internally, we're having a little contest. So you don't get to peek in on that, unless, unless of course, you work with Fox Rehabilitation. And if you don't work with Fox and you want to, why don't you head on over to careers.foxrehab.org? We would love to welcome you to the family. And then you could peek in on this little contest that we're having during Physical Therapy Month. Woo! I, I just threw a lot at you, and I forgot one more thing. We're also giving out another Fox Rehabilitation Live Better Longer podcast t-shirt. So if you want info on that, You've got to follow us on our socials. Fox Rehabilitation is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All right, so let me sip my water. And when we come back, Alex doesn't know this yet, but we're going to play a new game called Ask Alex. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am joined by Fox physical therapist, Alex Germano. If you don't, please follow her on Instagram at agent92, a must follow. Even if you're not into the clinical world, and I would imagine you are into the clinical world if you're listening to this podcast, but even if you're not, fantastic follow. All right, so Alex, unbeknownst to you, I have mm -hmm. created a segment called Ask Alex. Okay. So when I run into doctors, they usually don't like to answer questions off the clock. So <laughs> I, I guess we could, this segment could be over very quickly if you don't want to answer a question I have for you. But I, I have a, a PT question for you. Do you mind okay. answering a question off the clock? No, I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> so, but, but before I ask the question, in real life, mm 
when people ask you physical therapy questions, how hard do you want to roll your eyes? Um, if it, it's it's usually my family members, it's hard, and which is hard, and so sometimes there is an eye roll because it's hard to get all that information from someone when they have like just a quick question for you, you know. Do you wait? Wait, why do you want to eye roll? It's like, it would take me too long to answer this question. I would have to put you through a whole regimen. Yeah, like I feel like I would do them a disservice by just answering something quick off the cuff and not giving them like the full time of like oh. an assessment. You know what I mean? Like I just feel this bad. This is eye opening. I just feel bad because I can't give them my best and I might sound like an idiot because I might be missing something big, you know, if they just ask me a quick question. Oh, so <laughs> it's, it's not a quick fix? So not that's, usually. that's why you're hesitant. <laughs> yes, not usually just the quick fix. Because I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but I know people in the therapy world, and for years, I've asked them questions, and they kind of like skirt the issue. I'm like, <laughs> why, why, why won't you give me an answer? But maybe it's because, like you said, you can't give a quick answer. Yeah, we're really taught in therapy school that it depends. So like, we know that there can be many different answers to like one thing just depending on a bunch of different factors. So we are hesitant to give a straightforward answer. <laughs> okay. Because there's a, uh, I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but- I have not watched that show in a long time. But there but was an one. episode where Larry wanted his doctor's number. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> we don't do that. And then he got the doctor's number and then he ended up calling him. He's like, you're not supposed to call me now. So, but here's my question. Okay. It's a, a rotator's cuff question. Oh gosh. Now, now okay. is it is it rotator cuff or rotator's cuff always? Um, rotator cuff. Rotator cuff, singular. Yes, yes, uh, all right. singular. So when I move my arm, speaking of putting dishes into the cabinet, yeah, like this movement hurts and there's a crunch in it. Mm, so without mm -hmm. giving me, and I'm sure other people experience this, mm -hmm. and I, you don't have to give me like what's what's the next step I should do? I don't want you to like feel guilty about not giving me a complete answer. But a crunch, a crunch in my rotator's cuff, what's, what's the next step? And then I'll, then I'll go from there. My next question is, is it, pain, is it a painful crunch or click? Or is it just some noise that's made? It's noisy, but this movement right here, when I'm putting the plates into uh -huh. the, uh, the cabinet, which is like sort of shoulder level, mm -hmm. it hurts. Gotcha. All right. So I'm not asking for a cure. What's the next step? Um, and, and you I, and don't want to engage with a and you didn't want to go get physical therapy no, yourself. I went to my doctor. <laughs> I went to my doctor, and they gave me. I mean, now this is going to get a little bit longer. And I did exercises. Yeah. And the exercises did not cure me. Were the exercises only with a light theraband? They were light. Or with any? They were any light. meaningful weight. They no, were, no, no, no meaningful weight. Yeah, I guess my next my next thing that I would look into with you is if it's load dependent, right? If you're lifting up your arm and there's no pain at all when you lift that arm up, when you have nothing in your hands, that's a great indicator. And then when you, you lift something heavier and you're like, oh my gosh, that really hurts, then that's a really good example of potentially you're not strong enough <sighs> to lift those things over your head. Therefore, you just need to get stronger, All right, which is a pretty simple solution. All right. And I should probably, because I had I went to the doctor and he gave me a list of physical therapists, so I should probably call one of them. Yeah, I would say that this is to not technical medical advice, but I would definitely look into a physical therapist uh, to better assess this issue for okay. you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You 
you answer that question better than that person I was talking about earlier. <laughs> I like to help people. Um, so I do my best. All right. So thank you. And I don't want you to feel guilty. Like when we're <laughs> done with this podcast, don't say, oh, like I should have said this or like I'm I, I will take it from here. You've got this. You, you're going to meet a great therapist <laughs> that's going to fix this problem for you. So, Alex, thank you for the time today. I appreciate it. Once again, if you want to read the article, it's about stretching in older adults. Go to foxrehab.org and click on the link, Fresh Fox Content. Thank you. So, for Alex Germano, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yens later. Later.